0: Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? Bill Gates. And why? It
1: was kind of a thing when we were young. Bill Gates was uh, way familiar and famous than, than Steve Jobs. So I, I still keep with Bill Gates.
0: And tell me if you can choose overtime or working on a weekend?
1: Overtime. I always like to have weekend for the family and myself.
0: Uh, when you're, you want to employ somebody and you can choose between... MBA guy or a hustler guy? So what would you prefer?
1: It depends a lot on a position, but to choose that one, it will be an MBA guy. And go simply with that Uh, from the the education perspective, someone who is going to try for excellence and just uh, try and work with that individual, hoping it will hustle over time.
0: Read a book or listen to the podcast?
1: Listen to the podcast. So many things could be done along that. And just earpods in and listening to it. And
0: podcast. what is your favorite podcast besides Chair, of course? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, tough one. Uh, it is a series of uh, podcasts related to the sales and particularly how people behave as a sales executives and how that affects the psychology of a person.
0: I know that you choose the podcast uh, uh, in front of the book, but I'm sure that you have a favorite book. Which is it?
1: Yeah. It will be so obvious to choose one from the sales side, but I would choose one that I read maybe one of the first books when I was in high school back then. It's from uh, Erich Maria Remarque, and it's called The Three Warrior Friends.
0: Cool. And what is it about?
1: It was about three friends that went to the First World War straight from the high school and uh, how they lived after that.
0: I'm going to read that one. I never heard of it before, so... It's a good one. Cool. I will just continue this game with words and I want you to use only one word as an answer to to my question. Uh, What is the most important trait in business? One word.
1: One word. That would be hard work.
0: What is your biggest motivation? Again, one word. Success. (laughs) Cool. And last but not least um, if you can choose like investment options should be real estate, stock exchange, or crypto?
1: <laughs> I would go with real estate. I'm old-fashioned guy playing all the Play, playing safe. safe, right? Exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> cool. Thank you for those answers. Yeah, sure. Cool. This is Chair, place where we discuss innovations. Today our subject will be communications, but rather specific kind of communication. Telesign is the company that developed API uh, that deliver user verification, digital identity, and omnichannel communications. It works with world's largest brands to secure onboarding, uh, maintain account integrity, prevent fraud, and, of course, streamline omnichannel engagement. Uh, what is the right formula for helping companies to communicate with their clients? Uh, can we classify users? as good or bad? Um, how to create platform that can help serve huge companies to solve today unique customer challenges? Those are just some of the questions that we are going to cover today and uh, I, I will have help of uh, Nemanja Nikolic, EMEA regional director at Telesign. So, Nemanja, welcome to Chair. It's a great pleasure to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me. Likewise, I'm happy to be here.
0: And I think this is actually the first time that we have two Nemanjas in one Chair episode. So
1: two Nemanjas with two names, very difficult to pronounce <laughs> outside of our country. So yeah. probably question is, is it Nemanja or Nemanja? N- Nemanja, yeah, or something
0: similar. I I tried a few times, like a, with a nickname, Nemo, and it sticked. Exactly. You know, so it
1: works well. did th- 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 you well. had some? Yeah, the exact same one. <laughs> exact same one. It works well, but yeah. Nemanja is, or Nemanja is still fine. Yeah. So
0: at the beginning, tell me, uh, what is exactly that Telesign do?
1: Telesign basically started off as a security company uh, called back in time 15 years ago. But today we can look in, into it as a CPAS provider that provides fraud prevention Uh, solutions and trying to help companies prevent fraud. So basically two different businesses or very similar businesses from that perspective. One is communications and user engagement and then the second would be fraud prevention and digital identity.
0: So um, I would stay on the subject of TeleSign and I would like you to share with me what is one of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now as a company and maybe to share an insight how you are uh, uh, fighting that challenge yeah. to win in that battle.
1: A lot of challenges these days. Yeah, really, I can imagine. A lot of challenges these days. And and if, if, you, if we take the perspective that Telesign works in the digital world and <clears throat> we help companies fight fraud in the digital world, uh, we are just in the midst of the pandemics, hopefully the end of it. We'll, we'll see that in a couple of months. In couple most, of months, hopefully, yeah. But when this all started back in, in 2020, probably February, March, we've seen a huge spike in terms of fraud. All people that would do any sort of crime, physical crime, were out of the business, right? People were in lockdown, uh, staying in their homes. There was nothing they could do. No pickpocketing, no thefts, things like that. So
0: whole industry uh, basically died, right? Exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> it was a big problem, big problem for everyone from that industry, to put it that way. So what happened, they could turn to the online fraud, right? And do fraud there because everybody were online, the only thing where people could go between their four walls. And from that perspective, the spike was huge, really huge. And demand for our services was was also really big. And we had to follow that demand, have a platform that could take all that number of requests and serve that number of of customers that were basically relying on Telesign. If something goes wrong, they won't be able to onboard the end user, they won't be able to prevent any fraudulent transaction and will be exposed to a lot of financial losses. So from that perspective, that was a big challenge. So Uh, basically
0: the growth that you needed to to overcome, let's say it like that.
1: Which happened overnight. I mean, Telesign has had growth in the past, Don't, don't get me wrong, but this one was unexpected. This one was really unexpected and a, and a huge spike overnight.
0: So you needed to grow, like, uh, manpower or uh, platform itself. How, how, what, what were the other battles that, that, that growth uh, brought?
1: Yeah, primarily from the platform perspective, from the technical perspective, to support that number of API calls, for example, to support that number of inputs or certain outputs that were supposed to be delivered. And then following that, when everything was settled down, then definitely a manpower was a thing that we started working on. And then expansion in different countries, different regions, or simply just trying to put everything together and hire people where it was needed.
0: And in how many countries you're present right now? Since uh, uh, maybe we can uh, go before the pandemic and now, and what that chasm in between, how you survive it?
1: Yeah, I think TeleSign is like a stock market. We see the sunrise and we see the sunset and the sunrise at the same time. We have people all over the world, basically. And we, we have people, and the company started off in Los Angeles, in California. That's where we have a big office. We have our EMEA headquarters here in Belgrade, Serbia, and we have people across Europe and Asia as well, in Singapore. We have people, we have people in, in, in Beijing, in, in China. But after the pandemic, or, or better to say these days, we hire people globally. Now we work remotely as a remote first option. And we have people across United States, we have people across Europe, we have people across uh, the entire Asian continent.
0: So I want to concentrate now on the platform itself. And now it's obviously because of lots of, uh, you know, good things that comes with the platform, everybody is going that direction to become a platform. And uh, how, are you adapting to this trend and how you are innovating your platform itself from within to to stay relevant?
1: That's a really good question and a really hot topic these days. It's, It's basically called platform as a service. We have it so many things as a service these days, but platform as a service is definitely one of these things. Telesign built platform for its first core business, which was delivery of SMS and engagement solutions. right? And on top of that, the platform was built for the fraud prevention solutions. The platform further on was developed for the digital identity solutions. From that perspective, if a company, let's say five years ago, would like to verify their end users' end users' phone numbers by sending an SMS or performing a voice call to deliver one-time pin code, they would simply call an API, right, and then Telesign will deliver, or any other company out there, whatever is needed to perform that action, right? Nowadays. We provide the entire platform. Everything that is behind that is is provided from that perspective. And all we need from the customer is just a phone number, the message that needs to be delivered. From there on, everything is handled by Telesign in this example. And the entire process is done on behalf of of a customer. And that's something that basically requires a lot of innovation. We have to innovate every single day. We have a fierce competition out there. And if we do not innovate, we won't survive. Simple as that and it represents a challenge of itself just by, by having to innovate every day.
0: So to stay on the subject of platform, uh, can you tell me the, the, some challenges that uh, you faced uh, during creation of the platform, during the, the those maybe early years and later on when you started developing it and innovating, as you uh, told me earlier, that is very important for it because you need it for your clients that are using it?
1: It's basically when the platform was built, right? There were, if, if we take this as, as an example, but we can take so many different examples for different things, but when this platform specifically was built was 15 years ago with completely different things in mind than what it's used for today. Uh, back in time, uh, uh, it was probably one or two SMS requests an hour. And now we are talking about probably tens of thousands requests within one second. From that perspective, how much platform needed to involve it cannot be imagined or goes beyond beyond that.
0: It's incomparable, right? Uncomparable,
1: yes. And, and also, if you take into the consideration that if if we are talking about the SMS industry itself, first SMS was sent back in nineteen ninety one. Uh, and and now it was used just for some sort of the internal communication between uh, two people at Vodafone United Kingdom. But nowadays, it's not used so much, but maybe if we go back 10 years, it was widely used yeah. by people and probably one of the most frequent channels of communication back then, even though it was meant for, for a different reason. All that combined just tells us how much or how fast things change. And if, if the platform is not able to follow that change, then there is a lot of problems internally and obviously externally when it comes to that. Um, Another example could be privacy, privacy laws that are, I have to say, popular uh, in the past couple of years all over the world. We we have GDPR here. We have specific laws in in, in most of the countries. South Africa has its own. India has its own. America or or California, just as a state within the United States, has its own uh, privacy laws. And these platforms are not built to be compliant with these laws and now it has to change it has to evolve and build on top of that in order to be compliant and actually useful.
0: So many many problems arise in in that change that is needed right?
1: A lot of constant change and Mm -hmm. constant innovation. Yeah
0: there is only one constant that change right? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, let's talk about what you guys do best. Uh, What is the right formula for helping Companies to communi- communicate with their clients.
1: That is a multi-billion-dollar question <laughs> to put it that way. And, and most and expensive one, right? That's probably how much the whole industry is worth, um, approximately. And, and and that is in a way very simple. Nowadays, especially with these new generations, everything is requested to happen very quickly. If I want to get in, if I order anything online on any e-commerce website. if I have have a problem with a product or anything of that sort, I want to reach out to that company very easily or as quickly as I can and get the response even faster than that. And from that perspective, I don't want to open my email uh, provider, send an email, wait for a response or call a call center. What I want to do in this case, is go on their website, see a chatbot, or, or or see a WhatsApp messenger, Viber, Telegram, any other of these OTT players as a as a link, click on it, and speak with a real person or someone who can help me there instantly. And I think that's represent that represents the biggest challenge there: how to communicate with the end users on their preferred channels, when they need it, and make it as effective as possible. And
0: that. That leads me to the other side of of the story, Um, understanding your users. And uh, that's basically the foundation of any good business today, digital or not digital, right? Um, uh, With that said, can we classify those users? Is there bad and good users, or there is all different shades of gray in the middle?
1: Yeah probably the other thing in most of the cases. Uh, I think businesses can really well classify their their end users or consumers after some time being on their platform, right? If, if we take Facebook or Instagram as an example, I don't wanna sound too old fashioned, let's take Instagram as an example. Let's take TikTok maybe. <laughs> or maybe even TikTok, there you go. You're not that old, right? Even TikTok, <laughs> not at all. Uh, when you create your account, TikTok has no idea who you are. All they have from you is, is your name, which could be... Bogus name, right? Exactly. Your phone number. Potentially email address. That's all the information they have. At that point of time, it is crucial for them to know who you are to the best of their and the world's abilities, right? Once you start using the platform, post a couple of... Uh, follow a few people. few people are following you. Uh, have a couple of posts. They can get a really good sense of who, who you are. There are some marketing activities where you click, where you don't click, and things like that. But before that happens, it is crucial for business to get this information. And then they rely on companies like Telesign for that. It's not black and white to classify it, but uh, we work with them a lot to do so.
0: And we're coming to that point of the of the fraud and preventing fraud. And uh, I'm sure that you have so many different stories in that uh, uh, in that area. How you, how you deal with that and how you prevent it and uh, 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 what are the Fights there,
1: yeah, a lot of different stories. And uh, one that I that I like talking about is is uh, how Telesign helps prevent chargeback fraud, for example. If we take again any e-commerce website, uh, if someone wants to make an order there, and we can take a fraudster as an example, I found online or I bought online credit card information from you. Uh, I'm going to go to that e-commerce website, create an account, use that information. Of course, I'm going to provide a fake email address. I will try to find a fake phone number, fake name, last name, whatever is needed, and try to buy something very expensive because I have your credit card on file. Maybe I can get an iPhone, and from that perspective, I will simply do that, provide your credit card information, that item will be delivered to me, you have enough funds on your credit card to support that, luckily for me. From that point, it will take some time for you to realize that your card has been charged and that you lost just a couple thousand of euros, and therefore you will probably make complaint to your bank, call them and, you guys, this is not me. I did not make this transaction. It happened 300 kilometers away from me. Can you please can I please get my money back? Bank will investigate it, work with card providers, give you back the funds, but then it's that business e-commerce company that is left with a a fraudulent transaction and a chargeback. They need to return back the money, which will they do, but then they still need to pay to the merchant uh, the goods, and they lost trust in you because you know where your credit card was used, and then they lost the uh, potentially a good user, right? And that is a crucial thing. How can Telesign prevent this from happening? And we are talking here about fraud prevention. Telesign can get that information that were used if I'm a fraudster, I would never provide my own phone number, my own email address, my own data. I will go online and try to find something I can use. And that's exact type of behavior that TeleSign can detect. Alarm e-commerce company, and they can sli- simply block the transaction and, and save some brand reputation. And how do you something. do
0: that? Can you get some more techie details and
1: what approaches do you do? Yeah, 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 sure. Uh, actually, from the e-commerce perspective, it's very simple they will provide certain information to TeleSign and they will get response back. But what happens in the background is quite complex. We will look into phone number attributes. We will look into where this phone number is coming from, to which carrier that phone number is connected, from which country, how long the phone number has been in use, what's basically the behavior of that phone number in the past, on how many different websites this phone number appeared, how many phone calls made, received SMS, sent SMS, and, and things like that, and try to form like a profile of, of that phone number or the end user behind it. If I'm making, if I'm a fraudster making any fraudulent transactions, I would try to get a hold of any phone number I could, right? Probably online, something that is easily acquirable and and, and do that. And that's exact type of behavior that could be detected by using these data points that we have.
0: And since you're growing in, uh, in different markets and, of course, acquiring uh, more and more clients, uh, you're growing your user base, basically. Yeah. Not yours, your clients, but you're interacting with them. And you just mentioned how many different data points are you touching, basically, in that, in that, uh, uh, in that process of detecting the fraud. So huge amount of data we are talking about. Yeah. How you're leveraging the data? Uh, where I'm sure that there is a, a huge amount of machine learning, data science behind it. Can you share some insights? How you how you leverage uh, those? Uh, most of the people are using them as a buzzwords today, but they are actually becoming great uh, a part of any business, especially one that have a huge amount of data on their disposal.
1: And there are great folks here at Telesign. I have to say that actual people working in a data science team sitting behind our machine learning engine are the ones that work with all these data points. Uh, maybe I can throw in some numbers. Uh, there uh, Telesign processes, 5 billion unique phone numbers uh, every year. Uh, there is uh, more than 20 billion verification transactions, 6 trillion roaming messages that, that basically go through Telesign platform. Uh, there is uh, more than uh, six billion voice minutes that is also consumed and that go through Telesign platform. Enormous mm-hmm. amount of data, as, as, as you can tell. And basically what is very important is to process all of that within milliseconds, pack it, pack it together so that it could be presented to the customer again within milliseconds, because everything needs to happen in real time. Yeah. And for that perspective, it's very important that the whole platform is built in the right way and that it works as fast as it can.
0: Yeah. So, uh, role of machine learning there? How you see it? And uh, is going to grow uh, as time passes? Do you see some see some setbacks?
1: Machine learning is a crucial part of what it's done for for any platform. There are so many companies out there that have big teams behind machine learning platforms, decision engines, and it's used not only for the company I work for, but also for the customers that are that are served by, by that company. And if we take an example of a very big company based out of Russia, uh, Yandex, which is huge and, and operates in many different areas, they actually started using the product and, and providing certain inputs to the machine learning algorithm in order to improve the overall accuracy over time. And we've seen the improvement of 70% from the time when they started using the platform till Six months after that, after providing so many different data points. And that's how crucial that is, uh, not just for, for their business, but for all businesses out there. Yeah. So uh, what results you accomplished with that? was really good results, really good results. I mean, pretty much any company out there has very, very small percentage of fraud, right? Otherwise, we will not they won't be in a business, right? But within that percentage of fraud, Telesign was able to catch more than 50% of it. Wow with very small percent of, of of good users being being affected in a in a negative way so that was a, a huge impact uh, that's
0: that, that that a huge <laughs> margin right it's huge. so it's huge. but uh, why is that it's because it's russia or it's uh, what is the reason behind it that you managed to to get yeah. that kind of results
1: they have very specific fraud patterns very okay. specific fraud patterns that, that could be easily detected with data points they provided which basically matched exactly with the data points that were already available to us. And when we put that together, it was a win-win situation.
0: Uh, there is a huge list of clients that you're working with. Um, some of them, you know, IBM, Zoho, Upwork, um, AI Games, uh, Telegraph, you mentioned, Yandex, Salesforce, Fiverr, a huge list. Uh, just to name a few. Um, but... Can you pinpoint certain innovative solutions that you're providing for that companies? Can you just share with me some of them that is quite different from what is on the market and how you came to those solutions?
1: Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, everything that was built was built around customer needs and, and, and how basically fraudsters evolved
0: best way best way, how to approach innovation, right? Exactly.
1: Exactly. So if I go back in time, a couple of years, uh, just by introducing phone verification process would, would solve fraudulent cases or, or overall fraud by, by very high percentage. We're talking probably 70% plus. If a company hasn't done any sort of phone verification, they introduce it, it's going to help them tremendously do these things. Because... It's very easy to create a fake email address or I can go ahead and, and, and have multiple email addresses. It's not so easy to get a hold of different phone numbers and use them. Uh, it has a certain cost associated with it, right? But the fraudsters evolved and they were able to find ways to acquire phone numbers for a very cheap price, right? And then you need to involve. And we needed to involve as well. So what we build is the risk assessment solution behind phone numbers using certain attributes from the telco world, but also from the behavior of these phone numbers to alarm the companies or businesses of any fraudulent phone numbers appearing on their platform. And that's how we were able to do that.
0: No, that sounds so cool. Yeah. And uh, how long did it, did it take you to to create that kind of solution? And just... Yeah, know. yeah.
1: <laughs> Probably a couple of years. Probably a yeah. couple of years. That, that That is a long process. There yeah. is definitely an MVP solution that is built within 12 to 18 months after the first customer reported something, but the actual solution is still being built, to put it that way, because it needs to innovate every day in order to work properly.
0: So coming to my favorite part, uh, I I love to talk about the future. Uh, like, uh, Like my guests have some magic crystal ball, right? But I'm sure that you can... Uh, foresee something, especially uh, from domain that you are in. Uh, what you see is the future of, of the industry you are in?
1: Let me take a look into my magic ball <laughs> and see what I can see there. <laughs> but but by talking with many experts from, from this industry, where, where the future is going is more towards the OTT players to, to simplify the communication and keep everything in one place. So if we are talking about that communication piece, it is how to, in the best way, find a way to communicate with the end user on their preferred channel and make it as easiest as possible for them, uh, covering the entire flow for the companies and, and providing that full solution that will uh, basically will be a uh, plug and play or, or low-code, no-code thing that they could be using in the future. So that's basically
0: evolving from the platform to the complete solution, exactly, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. That is evolving in that way.
0: And what do you think? What is the time frame for that?
1: very difficult to tell uh, I won't lie but things are moving way faster sometimes than we expect I wouldn't be surprised if that happens within next 5 to 10 years if not uh, maybe even a bit more but I think that's a realistic time frame that could happen
0: Nemanja uh, this was very interesting and insightful and the first double Nemanya episode of, of chair. thank you so much for, for your part and for you out there um See you next Thursday with some new innovations and uh, subscribe, of course. Thank you. Thank you.